Welcome to another week of the Uproar Podcast, where we believe that the power of God is still moving and changing a generation. 2018 was absolutely a life-changing year. It was our best year yet. Spiritually talking, it was the most powerful year. Numerically, yeah. we're right, right at the same as last year. We're believing for increase in both this year, and that's why we're doing more things. This year, we're going from one event to five events. Those other three events we talked about, and we've announced them on our social medias, is we're doing three uproar one nights. We're doing a tour of the Northeast. The very first one is going to be in Rochester, January. January 25th and 26th. The next one will be in Scranton, Pennsylvania, right outside in Carbondale, Peckvale area. And the last one is going to be right outside of Pittsburgh in Cannonsburg with Champion Christian Center. If you're within two hours of any of these locations, I want to challenge you to be here because God is going to do something mighty. Not only are we going to have a Friday night event, which is completely free, but we're also going to be Saturday morning and afternoon, we're going to be doing leadership training for every single youth and young adult pastor and volunteer. That's only going to be $10. That's going to cover your lunch. But we're so excited that God is, is increasing what we're doing, calling us to do more. And the next event we're adding is in the middle of March, and you can go to our website for the date, is we're doing a leadership conference. We're partnering up with Empowering Summit, bringing Pastor Chris Estrada in, and he's going to be hosting four sessions for youth pastors, young adult pastors. And what I love about this is we're actually going to be, we're capping it at 40 leaders. That's it. We want this to be intimate. We want it to be real. We want God to move in your life. So if your youth pastor um, is, is, doesn't know what he's doing in the spring, send him. If you are a youth pastor, you're not sure, but you need more training, come. Look, I love big conferences, but I love these intimate settings where you can ask questions, you can get close, and you can really grow. See, our, our thought and our goal is we want to see people grow in, the, in, in what God has called them to do. We want to equip them in what God has called them to do. Yeah. And, and this is just so exciting that we're increasing what, what we're doing for our output to see the glory of God. And uh, I believe this year is going to be our most impactful year that we've ever had and we've ever seen. And it's just the beginning of what God really has for us. But thank you for joining the live. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you can do us a, a, a quick hey, Sam. Um, help us out real quick. Just hit share or go ahead and hit invite and just invite your friends, invite youth pastors, invite pastors, invite some teenagers sitting in lunch. Maybe you're sitting in lunch right now and you're bored. Go ahead and invite three or four of your friends over so you can hear what's kind of been laid on our heart. I had a pastor friend. He shared something really powerful, and we want to talk about it. He, he put this up, this statistic. He said that version, uh, the team looked at the verse that was the most bookmarked, highlighted, and shared over the course of 2018 and found that both in the U.S. and globally, one verse stood above the rest. And that verse is Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. I want to read it real quick with you. It says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. How powerful is that, that the number one verse, or the verse that stood out the most, not just in the U.S., but globally, was one of fear and God's promise for provision, that he'll uphold us with his righteous right hand, to not have fear, to not be dismayed, but that God would strengthen us. What we've recognized in, in everything that we've been doing the last seven, eight years is the fact that fear 
is one of the most crippling forces, and it is attacking this generation. And we believe that 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 is not for you. We believe biblically that God has called us out of fear. And we even saw it last year with the testimonies we put in the cross. Honestly, it was powerful. I think three out of about five of the testimonies put in the cross of what God had done in people's life had to do with depression, anxiety, suicide, fear. Look, there were people, they wrote in there that they, they were suicidal when they came to conference, but the touch of God on their life is what changed everything. And I know we've been bringing it up week after week, but we see it, we see it so much working with this age group of people. Yeah. How big this depression, anxiety, so fear. Sad. You wouldn't believe the amount of kids that we'll talk to that, you know, maybe you're watching today and you know somebody that are saying the only thing they see left to resort to is suicide and it's terrible and it tears us up but you know it's incredible because we know that there's a solution to it and and like we said in the shareathon like you've heard us say before it's not medication it's not counseling because if it was we'd be seeing that go down because depression and and anxiety medication is at an all-time high on the counseling is at an all-time high so if these solutions were working we'd be seeing this go down we'd be seeing depression go down yeah but it's not working yeah and we need to find what does work and we know the answer is jesus yeah and i'm so excited that that jesus is the answer will always be the answer and and he's the one that brings us out of the fear out of the depression and out of the anxiety and look there was one testimony one of the young men that got saved well not just saved but saved set free on fire for Jesus at conference can I tell you that's our three goals at conference we want to see kids saved we want to see them set, set on free. fire with the supernatural set free and we want to see them bring the message home and this one young man did this his friends called them and they were on top of a, a local hill called Harris Hill depressed crying sad didn't know what to do and they called this young man because they'd seen his social media in this in the shift in the difference and they came down and he prayed with them, both of them. And they got set free of depression. Actually, this Sunday, they just got baptized, two so of them, cool. with one of their friends. They got set free of that depression, suicidal thoughts, and anxiety. And God is going to continue to do it. But we want to talk to you today about how to be an overcomer of fear, depression, anxiety, even these suicidal thoughts, because we're absolutely you, sick of it. It is it has run its course, and if no one else is going to talk about the reality of setting free, not just putting a Band-Aid on it, but freedom of these things, we will. So go ahead and share this. If you want a partner to help get this message out, just type hashtag donate underneath in here. And, and look, we will gladly take any amount of money and use it to win souls, to bring freedom, and to bring the message deeper into this generation. There's 42 million people between the ages of 12 and 19 in, in America. America right now the message needs to be out there mm. and if you want to partner with us hashtag donate right under this go to our re- website theupperroad.org click partner and click that button we're accepting any one-time donations and we're accepting any monthly partners we'd love to partner with you to bring the message deeper but let's start in Isaiah chapter 12 it starts here in verse 2 it says see God has come to save me I will trust in him and not be afraid. Mm. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. With joy, you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. 
I love this verse. Uh, this verse, ready? God has come to save me. Mm-hmm. If you're in fear, you're in depression, you're in anxiety, God has come to save you. Mm-hmm. I will trust in him and not be afraid. Yeah, and the first step to this is if you're somebody that goes to church, if you're somebody that really serves God, and you're seeing all this around you, the people that are stuck in depression, the people that are suffering from anxiety, the people who have suicidal thoughts, the church has done a horrible job at creating a separation between what it looks like to serve God and what it doesn't look like. People can be depressed without any help from God. People can be sick without any help from God. If you serve God and you don't step up and acknowledge the promises he has for you, what good is it if a group of Christians walk around depressed all the time or if a group of Christians walk around sick and poor and broken all the time? The world looks at the church as a complete joke because of absolute misunderstanding of the promises that God has. And I'll tell you, I've seen... In the where I work and with the friends that I have and the things that I've seen, people have no respect for the word of God anymore. People have no acknowledgement of the word. They think it's a joke. They don't think these are promises. They think that the entire Bible is a fairy tale because people walk around pro- proclaiming that they serve God, but there's no difference between them or the world. If you can't draw a fine line between someone who has a redeemer and someone who doesn't, then what use do people have giving up their Sunday or giving up their morning to pray or giving up time to read the word if they don't think there's going to be any results? And look, people have fear and depression. It's real in the world. It's very real. That's why the medication's out there. That's why suicide is running rampant again. It was pretty quiet for a few years, but it's ramping back up again. Look, I just I just did a funeral for a 12-year-old boy that committed suicide. That mm. was heartbreaking. But can I tell you what the Bible says is I will trust in him and not be afraid. Yeah. So what are you going to do if you're dealing with depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts? I don't believe you're a bad person. I don't believe that you're going straight to hell. I believe you need the truth of Jesus. Yeah. You need to be set free. This is what the Bible says about it. The Lord is my strength and my song. Mm -hmm. He has given me the victory. Look, the truth is right now, whether you feel it, whether you know it, whether, whether you believe it, the truth is that he has given you the victory already. And, And I love this next part with joy. You will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. Look, there's a fountain of salvation in your life, and you should be able to drink from it with joy. If you're saying, I'm a believer, but I'm dealing with fear, I'm dealing with suicide, I'm dealing with depression and anxiety, the truth is you should be drawing from that well, that fountain of salvation with joy, that it is available to you. It's what God has to offer for you. You don't have to go through this. You don't have to deal with this. You don't have to go through it every single day. That's not what God has promised. He didn't die on a cross to save you so you could suffer the rest of your life and barely make it to heaven, beat, battered, bruised, and torn. He died so that we could have his promises here on earth as well. Heaven isn't just the only place for freedom. It's here on earth. And we see all the way even in the Old Testament, with joy, we will drink deeply from the wells of salvation, that he has given me victory, and I will trust in him and not be afraid. And that's what we need in our lives. We needed a parent. We don't need this anymore. We need the promises of what God has done, truthful, alive, and real every single day. Yeah, and I'm reminded when I first moved here to New York, 
in order to be able to get my hunting license, I had to take their New York State safety course before they'd issue the license. Right. And what was interesting to me is they taught about, it, you know, if you go hunting on a large piece of property or a piece of state land and you get lost, what you yeah. need to do is remain calm because what happens is when you allow yourself to realize you don't know what direction you're going, you have no leading as to where you're headed and you don't know how to get out, that's when fear starts to set in. And when they, they say that when fear takes it's over, yeah. that's when you start making poor decisions. You start panicking, going in the wrong direction because yeah. you have no idea where you're going. Yeah, it's it's true. the same thing in the supernatural. When you don't have that true north, when you yeah. don't have Jesus leading you, when you don't know the direction you're supposed to go, it's so easy to look around and yeah. say, I, I have no idea where I'm going, and for fear to set in. And when fear sets in, that's when these bad decisions and these thoughts of I have no purpose, uh, there's no reason for me to be here, there, I'm not going to accomplish anything. When you have no guiding, the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. He's here to guide you, to yeah. lead you. He's here to show you the way that he has. He's here to make your path straight. Yeah. If you don't have that, it's so easy for fear to set in and take over your life. Yeah, and we've talked about it before, but Psalm 119, one, verse 115. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So if the Lord is leading us, if the word is a, is a light, then fear isn't something we should be walking into. Fear isn't of the Lord. Right. Really, fear is a liar. Fear yeah. is a prison that will keep you locked up. It will destroy you. It will kill you. Fear is something that the Lord has never placed inside of our life. It's not for us as a believer in Jesus Christ. And that's where we need the victory. That's what we need to stand on, <laughs> it is, is what Jesus did on the cross, what he says in his word and his leading for us. And that's really what we need. And you would be amazed. I promise you, you would be amazed if you could only hear what the enemy is saying about you. Yeah. Because really, he knows he's defeated. He knows that he doesn't have authority. He knows that he doesn't have any voice in your life except for what you give him. And I love Judges chapter six and seven. We find this young man named Gideon and, and God called him a mighty warrior. And he went back and forth on, am I a mighty warrior or not? And if you've never heard this, I preached a message on it. It's in our podcast. Maybe maybe four or five back. Um, but it, it's so powerful because this young man ended up believing what God said about him. And then God took an army he had that was outnumbered and brought it all the way down to 300 men. And when he brought this army down to 300 men, what happened? And this is crazy. God said, go to the enemy's camp. And they went to the enemy's camp and they were walking around. They were outside of a tent in Judges chapter 7. And he heard the two men telling a story of a dream that they had heard. And he had a dream that, 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 that the enemy or that bread had come through and had destroyed them. And the other man looked and said, um, God is saying we're going to lose this fight. <laughs> you know the kind of faith that Gideon and his friend had when he heard what the enemy was saying about yeah. him, even though they were outnumbered, even though they didn't have a battle plan right now, even though all of these things were stacked against them, they heard the enemy's fear and it built faith inside of their life. The enemy is scared of you. They're saying things yeah. like, I hope he doesn't realize he's more than a conqueror or she's more than yeah. a conqueror. I hope they don't have a mustard seed of faith at that time because then we'll destroy them. Man, if he only realized we'd already lost, but they're giving us the victory. See, the enemy is saying some crazy things Things about you and I wish for a moment you could hear their fear because it would build your faith but so many times we focus on the fear and it robs our faith yeah first Samuel 230 says I will honor those 
who honor me, and I will despise those who hold me in light esteem. How many times do we see where you, the Bible says we're more than a conqueror? The Bible, Bible says we're healed. You just said he, he believed what the Lord had said about him. But yeah. if you hold that in light esteem, if you say, well, the Bible may say that I'm more than a conqueror, but everybody knows that sometimes you have to lose a battle. That's not true. You can win every battle in life. Everything that comes your way, That's what the Bible says, it, yeah, he, he will make your path straight. It's a lot easier to get where you're going if you go in a straight line than it is to zigzag around everything, lose a battle here, have to rebuild, come over this way, lose a battle here. It says he will make your path straight, and he, if you hold him in high esteem, he will always honor what he's called you to do. And, and holding him high esteem is, is, is obeying his word, obeying his voice, obeying his principles, and that's out of love. We obey him. We hold him in high esteem because we love him. Everybody I love, I hold in high esteem. You have to stand on the doctrine of the Bible. That's holding it in high esteem is standing on it when it doesn't look right. If everyone in my family died of cancer, I would stand on the word and I would stand on the fact that Jesus is a healer. And that's real faith. And that's, that's the issue is inside of this, we have two options. We can have fear or we can have faith. There's no other option. There's no middle ground. I've seen some people, they'll say that they have faith, but then they'll create a plan B. That's not faith at all. No. If you only, and what that really is, is hope. Your plan B is your real that plan your A. Real plan. That's your plan A. Hope, hope is the starting point of faith. But hope has to transform to, to believing it's already in your hand. That even if you can't see out of your way, your way out of depression and anxiety, you're having faith that God's word does what it does. Not, well, I hope that I can wake up happy. No, I believe yeah. I'll wake up happy because that's what the Bible says. Fullness I of believe joy. I'm set free because that's what the Bible says. Not I hope, but I believe. And faith is past our natural senses. You can't just say, well, I have faith, but I don't feel it. So I don't believe it. No, faith yeah. has nothing to do with our five senses. Faith has to believe in, in what the Bible has said, period, point blank. Not what our situations, not what we feel, not what we touch, smell, not what we sense. None of those things. Only what the word of God says, and if we believe it. If there's even an inkling of doubt, then that's not real faith. Yeah. That's why the Bible says you just need, your, your faith needs to be the size of a mustard seed. Because it doesn't need to be big, it just needs to have zero doubt. And when we can have zero doubt, we can have the promises of God. We can have the freedom from that fear, depression, anxiety. Because that's what the Bible promises. But when we say, well, I don't know. I don't know if the Lord could ever do that. I've been dealing with yeah. it. The doctors can't do it. No one else has been able to solve it. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for what God has spoken, and he's spoken that we have freedom, that his yoke is easy, his burden is light, that he's given us a spirit of joy, not a spirit of heaviness. Yeah, That's it, what we need. It comes down to what you say, too. Your confession is always going to be what goes out before you. So don't walk around telling everybody that has an open ear about all of your problems and telling yeah. people about how you're struggling. And don't constantly draw on the fact of, yeah. you know, if something bad happens in your life you need to move past that bad thing because i see people that they hit this this area that's a bad thing and they just set up camp there yeah well, they just live there philippians 4 8 says it like this and now dear brothers and sisters he's talking to believers one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true yeah. honorable right pure lovely and admirable to think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. 
Your fear is not worthy of praise, mm-hmm. so don't think on it the rest of your life. Your anxiety is not worthy of praise. Nothing else other than the word of God, what he's done in our lives, how, what his promises are, are worthy of praise. I love what King David had said in Psalm 119. He said, I praise your name seven times a day mm. because of what you've done. That's powerful, but that's what we need to fix our focus on. Mm-hmm. If our focus is always, well, I'm too scared to do it, and I don't know if I could ever overcome the depression, then that's true in your life, and that's sad because that's not what Jesus has for you. But if that's our focus, that's what we can have in our hands. Where you look in life is where you go in life, and we need to see a difference. But please understand as well that there's a natural side to this, and there's a supernatural yeah. side to this. Look, you can't just disciple a demon. And you can't yep. cast off the flesh. You need to cast demons off. You need to cast that spirit of happiness mm-hmm. off and put on your garment of praise. It's not a natural thing that you do. It's a supernatural thing that you do. And if past it, if you've been set free, but mentally that's what your focus is, then guess what? You need to get some discipline and discipleship in your life to move past what that's doing to you. you got to make sure it's spiritual first and natural second. The fear, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, those are all spiritual things that need to be broken by spiritual means, which is prayer and fasting and standing on the word of God in faith, believing that you've been set free, declaring those things over your life, casting those demons off, and putting on a garment of praise afterwards, which is a natural response to what God has done supernaturally for you. And standing on the word and speaking the word. Look at Paul and Silas. They had every reason to be depressed, to be fearful. They had no idea what was going to happen next. They could have just sat in the bottom of that cell and they could have rotted there for the rest of their life. But they said, it doesn't matter what it looks like. They were in a prison. So I don't know where your life's at right now. And I don't know what's holding you back, but I don't think that anybody watching this live today is going to be held in an inner dungeon somewhere. They had every right right to have given up, but they knew this isn't the promise of God. This isn't what God has laid out for my life. So they stood on the word in their situation, no matter what it looked like around them, and God showed up just like he does every time. And they were even there because of persecution, yet they still praised God. Look, I don't know why you're in in that, and you're not in that because of persecution. You're probably in that because of a spiritual reason. But whatever it is, there's freedom in the name of Jesus. So, So what's the fix? How do we fix this depression? How do we fix the anxiety? How do we do this? First, man, you need to have faith. Yeah. Period, point blank. You need to believe those things which are not as though they already are. You need to believe that what God has said is true. You need to believe that there's freedom for your life. You need to believe that God has never ordained fear and anxiety, that it's from the devil, and you need to believe that God has set you free because the payment made on the cross of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing that you need to do. You need to focus on that, that the fact that God has already paid for your freedom. Next, You need to pray. You need to fast. You need to dig into the things of God. Because if not, that dungeon will only grow darker. Those chains will only get heavier. And I want to clarify this. Prayer is not some long, obscured, religious, confusing thing where you have to have all the right things laid out in front of you to say before you sit before God and speak to him. Prayer is a normal, daily conversation because you have a relationship with your Father who loves you. I see so many times people will tell you they pray when they pray out loud, and it it stands out as clear as day. When they start praying, you can tell they don't pray, they don't pray, that person doesn't pray. If you can't have a normal conversation with somebody, 
then you have no relationship with them. If I sat here and talked to Cody and I had like a hard time forming words together and I kept filling every other line with Pastor Cody, Pastor Cody, Pastor Cody. If I couldn't have a normal conversation with him, then what relationship do I really have? But he's my cousin. I can sit down, I can have a normal conversation with him, even if I haven't seen him in months, because we have a relationship. Or if we saw each other yesterday. (laughs) It doesn't matter because there's a a relationship between the two of us. When there's no relationship between you and your Heavenly Father, I put a tweet up the other day that said this, if daily prayer is difficult, chances are your life will will be also because God is the master plan. He has the master plan. He has every answer for your life. He has every solution to every problem that'll come your way. But if you don't, if you don't seek after the solution, if you don't imagine if your teacher handed you a book right now, if you're in school, your teacher handed you a book and said, this is the answers to every question on the test. I'm going to give you Friday. All the answers are written in this book. Most people won't read it. <laughs> but they, they refuse to open the book and read it. And then on Friday, they say, why is this test so hard? It's not fair that she would give us such a hard test. How am I ever supposed to right. pass this test? You have the answers to everything in life, but most people refuse to tap into it and to have a connection with their father. Yeah, and honestly, if you don't know what to pray, just start small. I've seen people, oh, I'm going to start praying for eight hours a day. Good luck, man. Seriously, I yeah. can't run for more than like 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> But you work into those things. And if you don't know what to pray, just start looking up verses, man. Like, look up verses and just pray those verses over your life. This is one of the most powerful things you can do is pray the word of God and then pray out of a pure, sincere heart. God, I'm done with this. I don't want it anymore. I know it's not of your promises. I know it's not for me. I want it gone. I know you paid for it on the cross. And start declaring those things over your life because fear will destroy you. And we know it's a real thing because of the medications that are out there. Yeah. And because of what people are highlighting in their Bible, remember you version said it's num- one of the number one things highlighted in the U.S. and globally. It's not just a small <laughs> problem. <laughs> Someone just said I can barely run for five minutes. You wouldn't. You don't know anything about my life because we don't slander. run at the gym. Gym. Um, but honestly, you work into these things, and I want to encourage you. If you need freedom from it, seek God inside of it. Yeah. If you don't know what to do, find a pastor. Inbox us. Get a hold of us. We'll walk you through it. We'll pray with you. And I believe that you need and you have freedom from that fear. You have freedom from those things because that's what Jesus did for you. I'm sick of seeing a generation in bondage to fear and depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. It's a lie from the pits of hell that God has never perpetuated, has never planned for you because he has a plan for you to prosper. He has plans of purpose for you. And if you're stuck in the prison, you'll never move. Yeah. And that's the, that's the goal of the enemy. But sometimes we're so drunk with the fear, we're, we never have clarity for what God has. We're here to tell you today that God has more. God has greater. God paid for this on the cross of Jesus Christ. And it is done when you start to enact in his promises. I want to I encourage you with this verse again. It's so powerful. Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says it like this. So do not fear, for I am with you. That's God. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. You don't serve fear. You don't serve depression. You don't serve anxiety. You serve God. 
I will strengthen you and help you. That's a promise. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And in Isaiah 12, 2 and 3, so God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Guess how you overcome this world? Through your faith. And that's in 1 John, I believe, 5 verse 4. And with joy, you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. God's plan for your life is joy, not Fear, depression, and anxiety, which will keep you locked up. And maybe you're saying, I'm not afraid to believe in God, and I have faith in God, yeah. but I, I'm afraid to, to say it to people. I'm afraid to talk to people about it. Or maybe you think, well, I'm not called to be on the platform. I'm not called to have a microphone in my hand. Every believer is called to win souls for the kingdom. Yes. The greatest act that the devil can do against our generation is to keep people from talking about what Jesus has it's done. True. If he, if you, the devil doesn't care if you believe in God. He believes in God. The devil doesn't care if you go to church. He goes to church. What he cares about is you spreading your faith and getting people to come out of that darkness into his light, getting people to realize they don't have to be bound anymore. See, it doesn't matter if you come out of the grave if you stay bound in grave clothes. It's true. What matters is when you really express the freedom that Jesus gives and people come out of those grave clothes and they start to make a difference that impacts the kingdom of hell. Yeah, our our goal is for you to have your freedom so you can bring freedom elsewhere. Someone who's in, in bondage isn't going to be able to bring freedom to somebody else. True. You're, you, can't, you can't do it. So the goal for you is to have freedom yourself. I want to pray with you real quick before we end this. I want to encourage you to share this. I know some of your friends are going through the same things. I know that somebody else needs to hear this message. Share it with them. Share it maybe in their inbox. Share it publicly. Tag them in it. However it needs to be, get the message out to somebody else because Jesus has freedom. Let's go ahead. Go ahead and bow your head wherever you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. I thank you that you died, not just for our sin, not just for our sickness, but you died to take anything that's unbiblical and outside of your plan and to remove it from our lives. So Lord, I thank you that because of what you did on the cross, fear, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts have no right and no place in our life. That in the name of Jesus, anybody right now that's dealing with one of those four issues, that, Father, you would completely take it from them in the mighty name of Jesus right now, that if it's natural because that's what their focus is, you would shift their focus, and if it's spiritual, that they would be set free and free indeed from any sort of demonic oppression or possession in the mighty name of Jesus Thank you for it, that there's freedom in their life right now, and they'll give, be given a boldness to bring freedom to somebody else. From this moment forward, in your name, amen. Amen. Guys, share this up. Like he said, direct message it to somebody. Share it to other yeah. platforms. Put it on Twitter. Put it on Instagram. And we'll see you guys next week. Go ahead and register for a one night. Register for the leadership conference. Register for Uproar 2019. Whatever it is, make sure you're a part of conference because God's going to start, and he is started, of movement in this generation. And that concludes another week of the Uproar podcast. We want to invite you to share this podcast on all social media platforms and help us spread the good news of the gospel. Also, You can subscribe to this podcast for updates on all of our latest content.